Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 103, Episode 1 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck Coke Industries, as in the Coke Brothers, and fuck Fox News. Uh, It's Monday, October 5th, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It's October 7th, Dan. God. He told you. <laughs> October 7th. said, nah, it's sick, man. Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I got energy, Coca-Cola energy. Tired of all the sugar trying to rob me of my energy. Trying to take the way from O'Brien. I can only fuck with coffee or else pray for O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the fucking ball. At Matt Dick, though. I like how you go, I don't know. <laughs> no, that I don't, was good. I don't, think I, was, I don't think I was on beat, but... Hey, man. Hey, man. It's I'm tough. thrilled to be joined by you, though. I'm mm. thrilled to be joined, as Thank always, you. by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! This is how we do it. Zeitgeist is who you choose. We got all those hot take views. We're saying fuck Coke industry and fuck Fox News. You see, the Jack's been good to me. Every th- wait, even through my love affair with Tuscany, out here with her majesty. You've never been to Italy. You must simply go, y'all. <laughs> if you were from where I'm from, then you would know. That's just the continuation of that song. One of my favorite. In a big black truck, you, you can, can get, get Jones in a 6'4". Whatever uh, it is, the party's <laughs> underway. So tip up your cup and throw your hands I think up. I've told this Let story me hear before. the party say. I think I've told this story before that Montel, my friend saw Montel Jordan in concert. And that's it for Miles. That's what this show is going to be for now. He saw Montel Jordan in concert and he played This Is How We Do It, Something for the Honeys, and then This Is How We Do It Again. And that was the set. A Res- three song, three <laughs> solid songs. Yes. Sando, yeah. Um, and shout out to uh, the wonderful author of that, aka at Jason C one nine seven five. And we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Leah Rappaport. Hello. Hello. Welcome. How Thank are you? you. I'm You've great. got mail. First timer. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. First time. First time. Yeah. Long how time. you liking the? How do you like the studio? How do you like our lifestyle? Podcasting. I mean, I feel kind of famous. Not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie you to you either. Not. You are famous. Yeah. This <laughs> is, now. This is a high point in my life. I think. Yeah. Everyone who comes on this show goes on to make you know unicorn apps to you meet know. the person they're going to marry. I'm uh, here for so. both of those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Here you're in the app game, huh? I am in the app game. I am the founder of Spendwell. Um, we're making an app that makes it easy for people to donate money to charity. Oh. That is fantastic. Thank you. That huh. sounds worthwhile. Yeah. That must wow. be cool. That's like a good thing. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, we make it easy to like rent people's living rooms to smoke weed in. Right. Which is, I feel like, you know, everyone, everything's rentable now. Right, right. And this is actually connecting people with charity. Yeah. What's like, what's the problem with give, charitable giving that sort of you're addressing? Well, you're going to hear more about this in my myth. Okay. Oh, shit. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, then I, came, let I that, came prepared. Let's let okay. that cook organically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Lee, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, first, we're going to talk about that look at this photograph meme, mm. the Nickelback meme that the president used uh, and misused, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Got a copyright a strike. 
and we're gonna just blow the whistle in general. Blow the whistle. Uh, I'm gonna look at all the ways the president is making money off of the impeachment controversy, uh, and we're gonna ask the question: What else is in that secret vault server mm-hmm. thingy? Uh, we're gonna check in with the Joker, check in with the People's Republic of China, look at Halloween candy as Halloween. It's Halloween candy buying season. Yeah. Uh, There's a report on the takeout that you could uh, get 90 airheads for $7. Uh, so that, I oof, I would take that deal. And I yeah. would, sadly, I could probably eat 30 in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about San Francisco rents and restaurants and plenty more. But first, Leah, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? This morning, I was waiting for a plane. I don't like flying. And I searched corgi puppies in Halloween costumes. Uh huh. Okay. Everything and was better. That's Everything the was better. What yeah. was a good like? I think dog costumes always look good. Is there one that actually suited a corgi specifically that you're like only a corgi could pull this one off? Yeah. So there's this like genetic mutation of corgis that have really fluffy fur, uh-huh. and there was a fluffy corgi wearing a lion's mane, and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh. That was exactly the my reaction. The verbal description is enough to get my heart fluttering. Yeah, it it was, you know, you can't be stressed when you're looking at a puppy, fluffy corgi. Unless you're one of these people who, like, doesn't like dogs. Because there right. are people who are like, you know, honestly, like, that. Do, I've been around people who, you know, like, videos go viral. like, have you seen the one with, like, the dog and, like, the cat or blah, blah, blah. Like, this does nothing for me. Right. I don't know what's going on with those people. I worry about them. Yeah. You need love in your heart. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what I say. That's what I would diagnose heart without love. Yeah, I think I, I think that's right. Okay, fantastic. I think uh, those lion costumes are cruel. Oh, to, wow. To dogs. Whoa. Uh, no. Why is that? Because they have to be a different my species? Dog, no, my dog just hated it when I put it on him. Oh. Was it like, the one that's like the hood? Shaking his head. Full yeah, on it's hood. just like a hood. They, yeah, you when just it, give him a lion's this, man. This was more of like a necklace. Oh, sorts? like a neck muffler? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it was. He huh. He's just very, uh, he doesn't like he's to be told what to do. Yeah. yeah, He probably has a different spirit animal that he was wishing you would dress him up as. That's he's, probably he's true. He's a King Charles. Yes. Pavlis, so I think very uh, regal attitude. His spirit animal mm-hmm. is a British king. Um, mm-hmm. spirit, spirit animals are problematic. Right. His, whatever. His, <laughs> <laughs> he is possessed by the spirit of... A British king. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Uh, That's what you should address him as. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Okay. Anthony on Queer Eye. Mm. He's the food guy. Okay. I have strong opinions. He's on a book tour right now, so he's like back in the news, even though there's not a new season coming out or whatever. He's supposed to be the food guy. Right. I watched an episode last week mm-hmm. where he was like, I think you should make rotisserie chicken. And he drove the guy to Safeway and they bought a rotisserie chicken. I'm so... Okay. Wait. Wh- he's supposed to be teaching them to cook. How to cook, right. right? Yeah, he's supposed to be teaching them how to cook. Not to cheat. And he's like, go to Safeway and buy a rotisserie chicken and then serve rotisserie chicken. Like, oh, that's I fine. I thought you were just going to say it should have been Costco because Costco <laughs> well, yeah. does have the best that rotisserie is a, chicken. That is something. That is also another or strike. Or Boston Market. Yep, yep. He could have gone anywhere else. But what, but that's so odd, right? Because normally they're trying to give people skills yeah. to benefit themselves. Yeah. Do you think... He just thought this subject was... I can't even with you? Yeah, it was just sort of like, you're a mess. And, you know, the best you can do is just drive somewhere and buy something. <laughs> but he does that for everyone. Oh, really? Yeah, really? like, that's just one of so many examples. Like, oh, there a was, lot of shortcuts? There was one where he was like, it's a 
crostini. It was a piece of toast. Right. <laughs> like you cut a piece of bread and put it in the toaster. That's not really like revolutionary cooking. I'm sure if you serve that to him, he would fucking read you for filth. I right. think so. Like, oh, really? CVS rotisserie chickens? That's how we're doing it? Yeah. And, and everyone gets upset about him because he put like sour cream or yogurt and guacamole once. And everyone was like, you don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But at least yeah. he was cooking when he did that. <laughs> right. right, right, right. Like yeah. combining ingredients, yeah. not just whatever's ready made at the store. Right. Like I would literally expect him to be like, here's how you make guacamole. Drive to Chipotle. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is at least a realistic, like I, I will never remember any recipe that I see on TV, but I will remember where to buy a chicken. Where to buy a thing. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. yeah so maybe he's really going after an audience like you. Yeah, just like the completely hopeless, uh, uncooking. Uncookable. Dum-dum. Okay. All right. You, you've you been read, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> what is something you think is underrated? Continuing on the food theme. Good, good, good. food at airports. Oh, yeah. wow. There is nothing better than being like, oh, I have to eat at an airport. It's going to be like, this happened at breakfast this morning. It's going to be like a gross yogurt parfait mm-hmm. and with that gross candied fruit or whatever. Yep. And then I found a place that had gluten-free everything bagels toasted with cream cheese. Mm. And my what airport were you flying out of? SFO. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and my day turned around and it was just such a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Because you already do. You either resign yourself to the fact that I will eat trash mm-hmm. or I will eat overpriced trash. Mm-hmm. Well, it's trash either way and it's overpriced either way. Yeah. And it was overpriced good food, but it was good food. But at least it's good, right? Yeah. Usually it's like, well, I guess I can eat a 14-hour-old baguette sandwich right. for $19. Exactly. Or, right. I like um, the – whenever I fly through Houston, I always eat at Papa Dough in Papa the Do. fucking terminal. There is just – I will sit down for a meal there every time. What is Papa Dough? Oh, <laughs> it's part of like a larger chain, like a family of restaurants. But this one is more uh, like Cajun Southern food oriented. Huh. Um, and it's delicious. They have this thing called Poncha Train Sauce. Uh, and then it comes on other things. Look, just <laughs> if you're at the Houston airport, give Papa Dough a try. And I actually should at one point get out of the Houston airport and maybe experience Houston itself. You just stay there the whole time you're in Houston, right? Just love, yeah, love the airport. Long vacation, stay in the airport. Do a little bit of a terminal type vibe in there. People just think that you're like sleeping on the benches because you have a flight coming up or something like that. I'm there for the Papa Dough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? That you have to be rich to donate money to charity. Hmm. Go on. So there's this idea, and it's kind of the outdated model of philanthropy. Right. Where, you know, you write a huge check at the end of the year and you do it for tax benefits. And, you know, you have to kind of accumulate all of this wealth before you can give it away. First of all, Trump's tax changes made it so that you can't really write off donations to charity anyway. Uh So that's out the window. But the other piece is that a huge part of donating money to charity is getting in the habit of looking at what you have and sharing it with others in a way that you can. Mm. So you don't have to be Bill and Melinda Gates and donate millions of dollars to charity. You can say like, hey, this is a cause I'm going to really care about, that I really care about. I'm going to donate, you know, $5 a month. That maybe isn't going to change the world, but then I'm going to tell all my friends that I'm donating $5 a month to this cause, and then they're going to donate to the causes they care about. And that, you know, continues rolling. And then all of a sudden... If everyone donates $5 a month, I'm not going to do the math in my head, but it's probably up there with Bill and Melinda Gates. Right. Oh, easily. Triple that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then the other piece of it is like getting in the habit, right? So if you wait your whole life to donate in like a, you know, when I die, give everything right, I right, own right. to a charity, then you're not really in the habit of donating. You don't really know like what causes do I care most about? Where does my money go when I donate to charity? So getting in the habit as you're starting to think about building up your savings account or starting to invest in stocks, like the third arm of that should be adding, you know, philanthropy into the mix. Absolutely. Mm. I think I'm definitely, before I was like in the mode of being able to find causes to give to, I had this very outdated idea of, well, what's, what's 10, I can't give just 10 bucks. Like, right. Or I, right. I just can't give this or whatever. Like I want to be able to give like a hundred bucks. So I'll wait, put some money together and then do that versus like, yeah, I, I, it's like the same way you could just be like, you got a couple bucks for some coffee totally, or whatever. Right. You can also just, you know, send a few dollars out at a time and you're still actually contributing in a way that is meaningful. But I think we have this sort of weird idea that, you know, someone giving a million dollar donation, it, if you're not doing that, then it's not worth it. Or right, something. right. And we're seeing too, people really want to give, like, especially in the crazy 24 hour news cycle, people are reacting to things and wanting to give. Right. And one piece that's really interesting is Facebook came out um, a few weeks ago and I have, a, I have a lot of issues with how Facebook runs their fundraisers that I won't get into. But um, Facebook fundraisers has raised a total of $2 billion and 1 billion of that, that's billion with a B, 1 billion of that is from birthday fundraisers. And like I've donated to birthday fundraisers and it is rarely more than $10. Like it's really like, oh, I like this person. This cause seems legit. Like here's 10 bucks. Right, right. And that adds up. Damn. A to a billion. ton. Yeah. For, wow. Okay. So what we're doing is instead of the the Facebook model where you just like randomly say, I'm going to donate $10 or whatever, and it's based on how you feel or, you know, how, whether you got paid that day. What we're doing is we're saying every time you swipe your credit card, we're going to round up your transactions, put all that spare change into a donation pool. You get to say where it goes. You can pick any, any nonprofit in the country. So it can be like the food bank in the tiny town you grew up in, or it could be for you like know, races or something. Totally. If you wanna, yeah, donate to stuff that's going on at the border, right? Yeah, so it's any registered nonprofit in the country. Donate all your spare change. Every week we process a donation. And we're, we're building in ways that you can share fundraisers with your friends and you can start communicating with the nonprofits helping the causes you care about. Damn. And it ties into your like credit card? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. it's all super secure. There's like third-party API fancy stuff that, that makes it so that we never see your credit card number. There's no way that I could say like, oh, I'm just going to go spend money on your credit card. <laughs> Let me look um, in our user database. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not, not doable at all. Um, super secure. It's the same technology that a lot of like the really big financial apps use right 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 that's yeah. really cool well i think yeah and that's such an easy way too where you're not even have to be very conscious we're like we're just gonna round up or yep. whatever so yeah all those little rounding up will add up that's exactly right yeah that used to be like tip jar money that mm -hmm. people would give back when cash was a thing <laughs> yeah so now. before we yeah. got yeah and yeah made it hard for people I mean, who we, don't have credit cards too. I, I don't know where all the change that I ever had growing up went, but like I think at a certain point I became responsible enough to start saving it up and go to a coin star, but for most of my life I think that was just like donations to people's couches. Like yeah. it just ended up yeah. in people's couches. I, I haven't yeah. made it to the coin star part of adulthood yet. I still have like a jar in my apartment. There you go. Well, yeah. there you go. I One mean, day. that's it. the The jar is the is the responsible thing. Oh yeah. Uh, and if, if you start dividing it, right? Woo! <laughs> my mom got me in that habit as a kid, where I was like, "Here's my quarter jar, my nickel jar." Oh, the quarter oh, wow. man. When I when I filled that motherfucker up, I was like, 
<laughs> well, we're going. We're making it a blockbuster night, motherfucker. <laughs> believe that shit. Right. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, someone who who likes to give back, and that someone is the president of these United States. Uh, Donald Trump loves to give back to himself, um, and so the, a big story that I saw all over the place uh, on the right was that there was this photograph of Biden, his son, and two Ukrainian gas executives out on a golf course. And they were like, oh, oh, we thought you, we thought you weren't a... Uh, well, there was one guy, there's one guy who just sadly doesn't even get a label. <laughs> Was like well, no, Joe they Biden started had... labeling both of them. Oh, they did yeah. as both I Ukrainian ver- gas executives? I saw executives? versions that were both oh. Ukrainian gas executives. Well, according to the, the if we're going by canon, uh, the canon. Nickelback canon. meme, uh, when he we looked at that photograph uh, yeah. as he asked us to. Yeah, that guy, it turns out, is not Ukrainian. He's huh. American. Huh. Um, and gas exec might be a bit of a stretch because um, that guy is named Devin Archer. And he is Sounds Ukrainian. Yeah, Devin, notorious Archer. Ukrainian oligarch Devin Archer. Right. Um, and, you know, he used to like he's like business buddies with Hunter Biden, like from all kinds of shit. So like right. that's like a photo of like them just golfing. Right. Rather than, you know, trying to mislead people to be like, this is what they do. You know how these people move. They close deals on golf courses. And that's the Illumin- that's where the Illuminati really leave- lives between these links. And, you know, the things that are true is that he was part of the Bursima company's board, like along with Hunter Biden. But Devin Archer and Devin Hunter Archer, Biden. Yes. Yeah. But like to say he was a gas executive is definitely misleading. Like he has really nothing much to do with like the day to day operations. Right. And but, the fact that neither of them probably have much background in, you know, Ukrainian gas companies or, you know, managing Ukrainian energy markets uh, no. is part of what's sleazy about the whole thing. It's that just they nepotism. Position, yeah. But it's just nepotism and it's not great. And it's a system that. You know, we're trying to have overthrown, which is why uh, we don't want Joe Biden to win the nomination necessarily. But uh, it's it's also not the thing that uh, Trump is trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also coming from the king of nepotism. Right. Yeah. yeah we're going to talk uh, talk about that a little bit. I mean, he is being we're going to we have a couple stories later, both about like the fact that Trump and, first of all, Trump himself like inherited millions of <laughs> yeah. dollars by the time he was five, uh, but also his kids are doing like way more corrupt shit that, that is probably technically illegal uh, when it comes to, you know, profiting off of the presidency of the United States. But he's just spending a ton of money on, you know, Facebook campaigns and just getting the message out that, you know, just going on the counteroffensive and because he has way more money to spend and is way more aggressive about spending it on Facebook and for some reason is better at Facebook than Democrats, uh, I, th- I think it's kind of gaining traction, this idea. Like, I guarantee if you asked most people two months from now, like in the middle of the country, like about the Ukraine thing, they would be like, well, there was that photograph with you know, maybe I, I think that's going to stay. I mean, I, if if the I mean, shit again, look, more shit even came out and it's only making things worse. So I'm yeah, maybe there will be a dip if like the sort of enthusiasm begins to sort of falter a little bit. But I don't know. 
I'm I, I kind of like most people are hoping that maybe this is something logical enough and clear enough for people to just be like, huh, huh, huh. Maybe yeah. maybe this is bad. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And it's time to blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. The All whistleblower right. saga fucking continues. continues. Uh, but I think it ended, right? I mean, these texts should seal it. That's... Yeah, I mean, God, the even more damning fucking evidence comes out. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of last week, Kurt Volker, who was the special envoy to Ukraine, testified in front of the in front of uh, Congress uh, to talk about. What was going on between the State Department and Ukraine and Rudy Giuliani and everyone's hand in that? And this, the one of the biggest things is that he handed over these text messages that were between him um, and this other person who is the ambassador to the EU and Rudy Giuliani. And essentially, it completely nullifies their defense that there was no quid pro quo. Like, it's very clear through these text messages what the fucking deal was. And it was essentially, you will not get any aid or a visit to the White House to sort of, sort of uh, visually strengthen our ties uh, and our alliance unless Ukraine publicly announces an investigation into the 2016 election so they can have a you know counter Mueller report type thing and into Bursima, which is the whole Biden's son deal. Right. And like the text- so the whole quid pro quo, like that was their defense. Like, well, he didn't explicitly say- this Biden thing, I will give you aid if you do. Like, right. it, it wasn't made that explicit in the uh, memo that is like supposed to be a transcript yeah. of that call. And so they were like, yeah, it's we're good then. Well, this text from Kurt Volker to Zelensky's like top aide right before, you know, the call that everything is centered around. So preparing him for this phone call, um, this envoy to Ukraine from the U.S. government says, this is, the, this is the text he sends to President Zelensky's aide. Quote, heard from White House, assuming President Z convinces Trump he will investigate slash, and then he uses like uh, quotes, quote, get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, and quote, we will nail down a date for a visit to Washington. Mm. So access to the president in exchange for politically expedient research yeah get to i mean the way it's even like put in quotes in the text just shows you what the fuck they're talking like this whole idea of like because there was a lot of back and forth where they're like we're not really sure if we want to do this there was a aid to Zelensky even pushed back to this envoy to the eu and volker basically saying like Zelensky is very concerned that he's just going to be an instrument of a political fight in the u.s and doesn't want to be used in that like he's just not interested in that and they were pushing back like, well, you know, we got to establish these relationships. Right. And then we'll figure it out. Like it was very much not even close to remotely understanding like how conflicted and awful this could be. Yeah. And I mean, they specifically wrote a statement for them to make that was we will uh, we intend to initiate and complete a transparent and unbiased investigation of all available facts and episodes, including those involving Burisma and the 2016 U.S. elections. Like, they said that that had to specifically be in their statement in order for them to get the access that they were seeking. So it's, I mean, so they're they're specifically bringing up the Biden thing. 
Well, yeah. At the, well, the, at first, the, Ukra- uh, the Ukrainian officials are saying, can we just give a statement that says we're committed to investigating corruption and weeding out corruption in the government? And Ju- like Giuliani to even those guys from the State Department was like, absolutely not. Like they need to specifically. Here, let me put my hand all the way up your ass and puppet you. Right. No. So that you're saying exactly what I need you to say. Hi, read this text out loud on right. TV now. Exactly. Go. And then you can get your defense yeah. weapons to fight Russia. I believe that's a hostage video is what that's, they're technically looking for there. But I mean, this is now also part of like why um, Trump is just even out there in the open just saying like, well, yeah, I have to look into corruption. Right. So right. every day, at, he's, it's like it's like this really f- shitty thing for him, you know, poor Trump, where he's assuming that the press or the general public won't learn another damning detail. So the plan he has right now is fine, according to the reality of the situation as it happens. And then a new detail comes out and then he has to further change his position. So now it's just going to be like, yeah, it's I'm looking into corruption. I think it's important. Yeah. I'm the president. He's like, I made up this corruption. And now I'm going to go look into it. Yeah. Right. It's like, which is crazy. You know, I, I got to look into it, though. You know, I'd be completely remiss if I were not to. But I mean, I read, so I read the transcript of what uh, Rush Limbaugh is saying on his show right now. Mm-hmm. And he's just totally buying everything and being like, this is why you got to love Trump. He totally doubles down and is like, you know, you, the mainstream media, don't want to believe or like won't report on the corruption around Biden. So I have to report it directly to the TV cameras. And like, I'm pure as the driven snow because I made all my own money. And but these people are all, you know, making their children billionaires by uh, or millionaires by, you know, doing corrupt dealings like this. Like that's the that's how it's being taken elsewhere in the country. Well, that's the only way to defend against this. Again, if you're committed a crime and you're trying to say you're innocent, if you're the first thing out of your mouth is, well, what about this thing? Right. That's not a defense. Right. That's you're just trying to distract people from your own wrongdoing and saying like, well, I mean, I I guess that's normal because what about this guy? So yeah. Are we sure we're calling those crimes? Right. It's crimes. So meanwhile, Ukraine like is kind of in a weird no man's land because they're like, wait, so we do need to investigate them though? Because like, we still want the weapons. Like we still want the access to the levers of power. So. Well, they, I mean, well, the aid has already been, you know, signed off on. Right. Uh, September 11th, but, they got it. But right, I think future aid and just. Well, this is the thing though. Zelensky had already said that he is going to, uh, you know, go to the negotiating table with Russia to try and end the the invasion or the war that's happening in Crimea. Right. So at a certain level, his long view is that, well, I might I won't need these defense weapons because I'm just going to capitulate, allow this like weird puppet state to be carved out of Ukraine and just keep things moving. But I guess this is where it's what's interesting, because now the Ukrainian government has said they are going to look into this gas company. Yeah. They said uh, the prosecutor general, Ruslan Ryaboshapka, um, who's like the new um, prosecutor general, said. Was that the name of the guy in the uh, golf video? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> it no, was no. Devin Archer. Oh, my bad. Uh, I he get said, those two confused. He ones. said he's looking to review 15 cases in all, um, including high profile investigations of wealthy Ukrainians, among them the owner of the natural gas company, uh, Burisma Holdings. So it's not even into necessarily the company. It's like the Ukrainian owner of it. Right. Um, so it's weird. I don't know on one level, right? Because I think if you're thinking of it like as this 
triangle between Ukraine, Russia, and the United States, it would almost make sense if there was now pressure from Russia for Ukraine to like uh, actually do this investigation because then that would help Trump like at least legitimize his right. actions because in the in the end of the day, Putin does need Trump in office for anything uh, remotely positive in terms of their agenda to occur. Yeah, and also just in general, he likes to see what like the Western world suffer and be torn down and lose influence and lose power and the greatest success of his entire career in terms of accomplishing that has been the election of Donald Trump. Right. So um, you have to wonder if this will play into those Russian negotiations, right? With, um, with Zelensky. Like if, <laughs> if Zelensky makes Trump happy, Trump will tell Putin to make Zelensky happy. Right. Yeah. And again, that, that's what's, and we'll see what this whole, uh, you know, these negotiations go like where they go and if, and ultimately if they do lead to the easing of sanctions on Russia because that's yeah. really always the thing that Russia wants mm -hmm. like out yeah. of anything it has always been please relieve the sanctions because our economy is suffering and people keep pointing the finger at me Vladimir Putin for what's going on but uh you know we've talked about from the start that it is shady that Hunter Biden got a $50,000 a month position working for a Ukrainian uh, gas company when he didn't really have the necessary background. It was probably, you know, trying to buy influence with Biden. Uh, and that's shady as fuck. And, you know, even Donald Trump's own sons went on Fox News to complain about just how shady all this shit was, like how how, you know, Biden and Hunter were like in running this scam. So uh, I thought it might be a good time to raise all the corrupt shit that this president and his family has been able to get away with, um, like asking people to stay at all, all their resorts, sending his kids to India to close these big like real estate deals. Uh, there are for there are like foreign governments who are just buying blocks of rooms up at Trump hotels and not staying there. Right. It's just incredible. And there's this article in Vox that's a, that's titled "Irony is Dead: The Trump Sons Are Doing Everything Possible to Make Corruption a Major 2020 Issue," and then subhead Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump really should sit this Hunter Biden thing out. Uh, <laughs> in Vox, we will link off to it in the footnotes. Uh, but it says since Trump was inaugurated, Don Jr. and Eric have been responsible for the Trump Organization about 500 business entities, and according to Trump, generates about $9.5 billion in revenue. Uh, and they haven't like stopped doing that at all. Uh, Forbes reported that Eric and Don Jr. have sold more than $100 million of the family's real estate since the inauguration, including a $3.2 million deal in the Dominican Republic last year that they said is, quote, the clearest violation of their father's pledge to do no new foreign deals well in office. So, I mean, he's just continuing. It's a pledge, man. It was a pledge, okay? Right. It wasn't a fucking legally binding thing, okay? It's just a thing. As far as I know, pledge is a surface cleaner. Right. So, you know, do with that what the you The Trump want. International Hotel generates uh, $41 million in income last year alone for Trump. Yeah, well, again, this is... I don't understand why they are so fucking focused on this specific dimension of like a hit job of corruption when they are, I mean, they have no fucking place to even point the finger in that direction. Right. And like, it's, they're really hedging their bets where they're like, it's going to be Joe Biden. Right. 
We're going to be running against Joe Biden. Let's just fucking triple down on this strategy of just trying to be like Joe Biden corrupt because then we can make it a binary choice between like what version of corruption do you want? Right. And they could have put literally anyone else up there to talk about the fact that this is all nepotism, but they chose right. Don Jr. Right, right. Exactly. Like, oh, me? Yeah. I mean, but it's bad. I'm Don Jr. And I'm clearly benefiting from all of this. Yes. And we'll see. I mean, I that's... mean, the fact that they brought up China is really galling because uh, the New York Times detailed in August a $1.7 billion Trump organization project in Indonesia received a $500 billion infusion from a state-owned Chinese construction company. Mm-hmm. So... And like, Ivanka's getting all those trademarks in China. Ivanka's getting shit. all the trademarks that she's been looking for for a while. Jared Kushner is getting bailed out uh, from Qatar uh, for his, you know, horrible real estate. Was it 666 Fifth Avenue? Yep. Great, great address. Yeah. And also that's where uh, Rudy Giuliani always goes to smoke cigars and rant and rave about his new podcast. Mm -hmm. Mitt Romney's out here making good points. He was, he said, when the only American citizen President Trump singles out for China's investigation is his political opponent in the midst of the Democratic nomination process, it strains credulity to suggest that it is anything other than politically motivated. That's okay. So you're going to impeach him? <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, man. Like, you, they can keep talking all this shit about, like, you know, do the Susan Collins thing where it's very disappointing or very <laughs> alarming or disturbing. But, like, come on then. Don't just get the fucking quotes out there so you can just say something to maybe buy yourself five seconds. Like, you know, hopefully this dam will break. A lot of people suspect, though, too, that once the Republicans turn on him, it'll all happen at once. It's yeah, not going to be like a one person, then another person. It's going to be like, OK, execute, uh, you know, Operation Abandon Orange Fuck. <laughs> Abandon Orange Fuck. Uh, well, so he's actually profiting off of this. Uh, our writer, Jay McNabb, uh, pointed out that he's using his own impeachment to basically spend more money and raise more money than he has since his campaign was like officially launched. Uh, his Facebook page ran nearly 2,000 ads to solicit donations after uh, since the Democrats announced official impeachment proceedings. He's asking his supporters to join his, quote, official impeachment defense task force. Uh, what, do they get a fucking free badge, a plastic badge yeah. and a hat? Yeah, basically. Wait, probably. Is it, oh, God. His anti-impeachment task force also seems like a euphemism for like some insurgent like armed militia. Right. It's like, you should join the anti-impeachment task force. But he totally thinks this is like a huge opportunity for him. Uh, somebody was pointing out that he spent as much as $3 million on Facebook ads ra railing against impeachment and criticizing Democrats. Conversely, only about $703,000 was spent on pro-impeachment ads. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, he's going to dominate Facebook with his messaging. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to know how much of that, like who that audience is, if it's just to keep his base in line, if there are, in, if there are enough independents on there that those ads are getting to that it could affect them. Facebook is an incredible uh, marketing machine. Like it's so good. Yeah, you can get at, to anyone. Yeah, it's, it's, like better, it's better than any form of marketing we'd had prior to its existence. Uh, it's like I'm looking for half Korean women who right. grew up in the Midwest yeah. and are left-handed and love basketball. With that $3 million of spending, he made back $8.5 million in just two days and got 
50,000 new donors. And that's the thing. Like, it's new donors that mm-hmm. he's adding to his list. He's getting the people, too, who would be on the fence when all the other Republicans come out and say, we're against this guy. Right. He's now built this anti-impeachment militia and they all have their badges and they're going to come and say like now we hate Mitt Romney now we hate all the other Republicans and we're our third party and we're going to re-elect Trump yeah that's what's going to be interesting like at what point and we were talking about that last week it's sort of like what what does that look like if they do try and jettison Trump off of the the ship that is known as a GOP like are they really just creating another third party that they're going to have to fight is it going to just comp- and is that going to completely split the votes that conservative ideology is just going to have a real hard time reestablishing itself over time? But I mean, that would be ideal. That's ideal. But, but I, don't, I, I feel like more it's just going to be that that new party, whatever it is that follows Trump is going to be the real powerful party because it's just appealing to everybody's most base, you know, hateful ideals. So I mean the the merch though coming out of the Trump store is really oh, quite beautiful. You yeah, know, as someone who really enjoys fine art. Yeah, uh, this poster that he's selling, the Donald J. Trump limited edition, f- what they call fucking fine art poster. Oh, yeah, God. and it's him doing a fucking like Superman through the air flying pose. It's like a really terrible illustration with his seismograph uh, autograph on there. That's terrifying. Twenty four dollars for that. Fine art for $24. That's, you know, I like I like that he's democratizing fine art. Yeah. I mean, I you you say terrifying, I say inspiring. <laughs> uh the and the other way they're spending that $8 million that they made is on TV ads, uh spreading the conspira- a conspiracy theory, spreading the Joe Biden and Ukraine conspiracy theory. Um but so. I know they CNN like refused to air it. I think. Yeah. I, well, I mean, that's the thing Which is they why, should. Facebook is not refusing to run these ads. They could. They're not going to say no. That's a, and again, when you look about when you look at why Facebook fucking sucks and why Mark Zuckerberg is a fucking loser. Right. The like being open to like, yeah, dude, I fucking love money. That I'm just so down to like gaslight people like, right. with these really misleading ads because you know it's a fucking eight million dollars spent. Yeah. And He's, he actually said like we put. We put politicians through a different approval process than your everyday advertiser. Right. Right. Like they can say what they want. God, please. I mean, I think there's some like validity to like probably, you know, holding political speech sacred, but that you got, you got to at a certain point put your foot down and not let people, you know, these are just lies. Tell lies. Lies. You know, it's just as dangerous as like climate change denial because the effects of that are people are not paying attention to a crisis that is an existential threat to humanity. Right. And this is a crisis and an existential threat to our, you know, representative democracy. Yeah. And to just be like, yeah, yeah, fine. You know, fuck it. Just be like <laughs> this thing that everyone has said has been widely debunked across yeah. just like across everywhere. We're going to still present that as fact to you. Yeah. Because they're spending enough money. So, I mean, I think that's a. Fairly good summary of like where we were coming out of last week, right? Like it's, you know, the facts that are coming out are really bad for Trump. Trump is just using his, you know, giant uh, social media imprint and huge, uh, the fact that he has like more money than any presidential campaign ever to uh, blast out lies and they're sort of you know, equaling each other out with slight movement and towards uh, 
you know, people favoring impeachment. But in terms of where this thing could be headed, one of the questions I'm very interested in is what else is in that uh, vault, that secret server thing where mm-hmm. they where they were holding this uh, transcript and apparently other transcripts of calls that the president had that were potentially damaging meetings everything like anything that they're like we have to keep this secret so that's conversations with putin conversations with mohammed bin salman of saudi arabia like those are things on there and we also found out recently there was a conversation that trump had with chinese president xi jinping that was saying as they were like look (laughs) this deal was i'll shut the fuck about hong kong as long as we keep these trade talks going because like i need to figure out like he needs a win so he's trading money or the the optics of a win in the economy uh, for people who are trying to fight for their own democracy. Yeah. Or some the sem- some semblance of a democracy, whatever they whatever it ends up being in Hong Kong. But it's, you know, when you consider how much normally the, the stance of the United States is like, we're, we like to try and hold China sometimes-ish. It, I mean, at least we would say something about right. human rights violations, not necessarily always do something about it. Right. But this is just sort of like, hi, here's the deal. I'll fucking, you know, I'm not going to make it hot for you. Look, man, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> I'll suck your dick, please, man. Just, <laughs> just fucking, need a win. I just need a win. So again, it's when you look at how willing he is to reverse course on all kinds of established policies and norms for this government, you can only imagine what some of these other calls are. And if this is, you know, shit's still, shit's still leaking out somehow. I have to believe Hillary's emails are in that vault too. <laughs> right. Like uh, just, yeah. just so he can continue to say that Hillary's emails are hidden in a right. vault somewhere. Yeah. In, in Ukraine, I think. It was like his other thing too is like, well, what about that DNC server in Ukraine? And they're like, what? Are you, t- what? That was that? the DNC server that uh, Russia hacked, but that was actually hacked by the by Ukrainians. By Ukrainians. Therefore. Uh, right. And they're hiding as, the evidence somewhere in the Iraq. a vault in Ukraine. Except we know where that server is. Yeah. We have it somewhere in D.C. You know, it's violent flailing. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. Uh, the foreign ministry in China came out and was like, you guys solve that shit yourself. We're, we're sure America can handle their own. Oh, problem. the Biden thing. Yeah. 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 Well, of course. Like, yeah, guys, go, go fuck yourselves. Well, and you know, I'm Keep sure us out of this by tomorrow, there'll be fucking 800 other things to Keep my name out sift through. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And while we're on the subject of the People's Republic of China, did anybody see the 70 year anniversary parade last no. week? Good. Oh, uh, man. One of my favorite parades. How were they dressed? What was the red carpet like? <laughs> was, was Snoopy G? there, yeah. like in uh, Macy's Day Parade? Unfortunately yeah. not. Was A Winnie the Pooh? A lot of enormous, like, globe destroying missiles. Uh, I could have used fewer of those and more Snoopy. Oh, it's just a big dick measuring parade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how big is it? Huge. Oh, it's huge? Uh, There were also some weapons uh, that I had never seen outside of a G.I. Joe toy box. Like, there (laughs) there was, like, a little, like, uh, motorcycle helicopter thing. It was, like, a two-seater little helicopter that didn't 
like you weren't inside a of cockpit, anything. Right. Yeah, like you were open... just like in an open helicopter thing. It was kind of dope. That sounds awesome. I think the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade could use those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like a little, I mean, I could use those. Just like a little like golf cart helicopter. That you could just be like, we take off. That's in. it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, but I'm here for it. I what, think Elon maybe? Musk on, is coming man. out with one right. like, next week. Yeah, exactly. Flamethrowers right. and uh, personal helicopters. Uh, it's powered by weed, you know, because that's what weed now. There's also uh, a slingshot hypersonic unmanned aircraft that looks like a stealth bomber, but like in a in hang glider size, uh, and it's designed to help aim weapons at U.S. air aircraft carriers. So, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? Like it's like, just that's. Like people looked at it and were like, oh, so we understand what this does. And it's specifically designed to fight a war with us, with the with the United States. Oh, like considering our t- naval technology. Yes. Great. Uh, and the other thing they said is that all the missile names are all written on the side of the weapons in English. Uh, and the Jalopnik editor who was kind of summarizing this was pointing out that that's because the real audience for the parade is us. Ah. Uh-huh. The Daily Zeitgeist. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank G. you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joker, uh, as we're recording this, appears ready to break a bunch of box office records while you're listening to it. Probably already has. And so producer Anna Hosnier was actually at a movie theater last night, so we're going to bring her in. But you're saying uh, that it had sort of a, a different vibe than... Uh, movie going experience. Was like you didn't see Joker, right? You you, you Hustlers! saw Wait, what about Joker? Why didn't you see Joker? Why bro? didn't you see Joker, dog? Come on. What are you, anti comedy? I thought you were a serious film goer. Um what? no Hustlers is really good, right? Yeah. But you were saying that there was like a palpable police presence at the movie theater? I didn't say police presence. I said there were security guards around. Uh, well, so what do they okay. look like? Just dudes in polo shirts that said security on the back looking on their phones disinterested? There was one on his phone looking disinterested. Of course, yeah. I mean, I know security guards. <laughs> so I was looking that's... at him. I was like, wow, they let you carry your phones, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Shout out to but... pro staff. Yeah, no, they were they were um, walking. Well, one, the parking lot was packed and the theater was packed. And I was like, wow, Hustlers is going to be really great of all these people. Oh, but it was for it. everyone for Joker? I guess so, because that's the big movie that was out, unless they were, came for yeah. the Goldfinch. <laughs> Not <laughs> only did nobody did. Nobody came for the Goldfinch. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, but they had security guards patrolling outside and in the theater. Damn. Oh, like up in it, like even in Hustlers? No, 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 like in the out, not like in a th- movie theater, oh. but like in the building. <laughs> and then I just saw like walking, walking down the aisles, like what y'all doing over there? Yeah. yeah. Just standing under the screen with yeah. their arms crossed, just oh, looking out at the well, audience. I don't know if you guys no remember smooching. during uh, when Straight Outta Compton came out, they had security guards sitting in the theaters with people. Of oh, course. Oh, right. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah, because there's such a rich history of uh, hip hop fans uh, doing that shit. Okay. Yeah, so there was definitely security walking around. Um, it didn't look like they were ready to take action if something happened, but, I mean, they were there. Mm. I guess, I mean, just probably f- not, just as much for people who are the patrons of the theater to feel safe. Uh, right. Yeah, and, you know, I wasn't personally concerned because I live in, like, a lower-income area, and I was like, they're not coming for us. They're coming for the whites if they really want to, you know? Like, mm. I didn't really... I haven't read one good review of it, and I don't know if that's because of all of the commotion about it and Todd Phillips just like shooting off at the mouth and all these other things that it, it just sort of poisoned the well. So no one could watch it and feel good about it. But I've not 
like the headlines have been like, it's one terrible note played over and over again, or like, it's the worst thing I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm still going to probably see it. Cause no, I'm, I'm curious, curious but yeah. what people were so Is into it? in Venice. I don't know. They're like the angsty young angry uh, guy. Are you just looking at me and story. describing me right now? I don't right know the, the story of the angry young. young like oh, the, well, shit, not, I don't know. He's not young, right? Because he's like he's like no, old no. like me. But he's like middle aged. I'm not fully sure like Something. what they're trying to yeah. portray him as. But um, I don't it, that story is so boring to me. It's like oh no you're angry. Yeah. And you could mm. watch 50 year old J-Lo yeah. Be the hottest stripper of exactly. all time instead. Right. That's a more interesting story. I'm like, I've seen the angry dude who's unhappy, and it's almost almost every Joaquin Phoenix movie, but like, right. I, I've seen that story so much, it's not interesting to me. I'm like, yeah, oh no. Right. But then it's like, ooh, a story of some strippers who hustles in Wall Street guys out of money because that's right. just more interesting. And I'm sure I actually defy physics yeah. as she looks that good. Are you uh, jealous? What? No, I look so young. Uh, no, I could probably look like that too if I, I could, really tried. But so. like, I don't. It's not one of my priorities. So uh, I wake up every day hoping that I look like a young fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As a twenty-nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah. There is just something with people's fascination with this specific character. Um, but is this his origin story? Yeah, I guess the first oh. origin story that. Specifically, all about. I don't that. really understand the timelines of these films. Doesn't really, yeah, because it's all just like one universe and they just right. hop around. Like, it's like, wouldn't he be like much younger when he decided to become the Joker? Or is it the actual? St- I don't know the story very well. Is it that he became the Joker late in life? I have. It's different. I don't know. Time. I think it probably it's up to the the writer at that point, like how they want to so portray. No, I mean, based in fact. <laughs> I mean, in the I Tim Rob or Tim uh, Burton. Tim Robinson. Tim the, Robinson. Uh, Tim I, Burton. The, I think you should I leave see version. The, Tim, I want to see the Tim Robinson Batman, but uh, the Tim Burton Batman, he didn't become Joker until he was in his 60s. And that was Nicholson, right? Yeah, right. Nicholson. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get it. He it fell feels... in a vat of acid. Right. Oh, so that's not the same origin story of like, I've decided that no one likes my comedy. Right. Yeah. That and is I'm different. And Keith Ledger's like- What's the original story? Keith Ledger's story? Joker like- sort of frustrated the desire to have an origin story by like giving you a different explanation for how his face got scarred up. Like one of them right, was Right, but the, we don't see his actual him becoming, he's already the Joker. In right, the, yeah. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, see, that's the beauty of this intellectual property. You can rinse and reuse and mm-hmm. make it seem like a different thing every Right, time. but there is an original comic book that is the official origin. No. Well, he well, I guess the first no? origin story was when he was like not the Joker in Red Hood, right? In like the fifties, when that was like the first technical <laughs> appearance of this character. So why should I respect any of this if there's, there's no? Like, you made the no right choice. Original. Go hang, go hang with J Lo oh. and Lizzo. But I do think that's one of the things that's cool about comic book movies is you can like endlessly go back and retell a story in a different way. Like, right. That I I don't think that that's. That that doesn't bother me about them. It just that's the one thing I don't like. It's like it's just never ending. It's like what's the true story here? What's <laughs> right. the you're fact? like what's the truth? Yeah, I is don't... it a vat of chemicals or he's an incel comic? That's why it's like yes, exactly. <laughs> like what? How did he get here? Where did we decide this was? This is what it is. That's that's what my problem with the Spider-Man movies is. There's too there's too many, and they all have yeah. like a weird concept going well, on, and I, I don't understand that what's real. That started frustrating me with 
I think Spider-Man was the one place that frustrated me because it felt like they all could be the same movie. Like there weren't that many differences about mm-hmm. like the origin story. It was just like a different like dude in high school, but uh, until uh, into the Spider-Verse. But in his first appearance, he did does fall into a vat of chemicals. The very first okay, appearance so that's, is that's the original concept. It wasn't a bad he... comedy career. Okay. But that's why I know these movies start getting you to question. I thought he was a guy who had chemical burns. But as we've talked about with Miles's friend, like that is a very real like type of pathos that people deal with. Like the dude, the failed comedian, like being somebody who like ends up oh that, like right. metastasizes okay. into like anger and it like it is a a form of like I do. Oh, think are you talking a, about the guy who I went to high school with who's dressing up like the Joker? Right. Yeah. Did yeah. we talk about that on the show? Yeah, we did. And yeah. um, I actually <laughs> I asked around about him. I think he works in reality TV now. Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> so, he plays the Joker. <laughs> no, he yeah maybe. The reality TV star would be a good comic book villain. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Oh. Like, just totally fucked Paul? beyond no, recognition of. I mean, he's, by, he's, like, he's a plastic villain. surgery. That's better. The like... YouTube, the evil YouTube oh, star. Yeah, YouTube social experiment <laughs> prankster <laughs> right? is like the Joker. <laughs> oh shit! Yes. It's just racism yes. and murder, but he right. calls them pranks yeah. Yeah. and social experiments and like offensive videos and. Oh wait, of that dead guy people. actually exists like, on horrible. YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he is the Joker, Jake. Is it Jake or what's Jaker. the other one? He's the Jaker. Loke, Logan. Logan. Loke Loco. <laughs> I don't know what they are. It's all Jaker and Loco, dude. Jaker and Loco, the original Jokers. <laughs> no, well, there's this one like prank guy, quote prank guy, who like goes and like picks fights with black people and then is like, oh shit. It's a prank. Like, yeah. Guess or, how, look how tight they would that do that was. shit. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was like this what? dude, I think. Uh, I forget who he was. It wasn't, there was one guy who's now white. He's Middle Eastern. Okay. And he would go around in New York and like step on people's Jordans and shit or like, like yeah. or trying to run off with their phone. Oh. And then they'd be like, he would literally go like it fucking, he's fucking and around he in the hood. filmed? Yes. Yeah. And these people would oh. beat his ass and then or like what? he would get swung. It's like, dude, it was a joke. It was a prank. It was a prank. It was but pranks. It was the pranks. prank would be like, hey man, like, oh, is that like the new phone? And try and snatch it out their hand and run. Hmm. And of course they're going to fucking put their hands on you. But it was right. really like in the point where it, that's like when a lot of people were like, these are not pranks. Like, you're just fucking with people. There's no mm-hmm. prank involved because as far as they're concerned, you're stealing from them I or think trying to half assault them. The original and only prank show that really should have any respect is uh, Candid Camera. Candid Camera, uh, but before uh, they did the reveal. <laughs> did you ever hear about how what? they the show was like a complete failure and then they started showing the reveal? But before that, it was just like people being fucked with, and everyone was like, "This is oh, mean." I think like, I only watched on. during oh. the reveal era. Oh, so there was no like relief for <laughs> yeah, the victim exactly. of the pranks. Yeah, You'd be like, exactly. "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it just this ended. Just there? Seems like a mean social. So she thought her baby was stolen. Right. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? You're like, oh, I love this show. Right. Uh, what's I feel the like things? you're underrating punked. Yeah, I feel like that was peak. Well, I think we're all, but it was, but punks. yeah. <laughs> well, I, there's something about punking rich people that's not interesting. I'm like, oh mm. no, well you'll be fine. Well, I think <laughs> like, it's really the the ones are good is when you can make rich people sweat. Like, oh, just what the was Justin the one Timberlake where the phone, one. he thought the house was burning down or some shit? Oh, I don't even remember that. One. I think it was just one of those people were like, Justin Dude, Timberlake. Was that Timberlake? His, everything was being repossessed. It yeah. also brings out the Ugh. worst in people. That's yeah, the, kind of, which is a good thing. I think that that's somebody great. is a terrible person, right. and then they're like, "Yeah, I'll sign off." Sure. Yeah. yeah. Expose them yeah. through pranks. That's <laughs> All right, yeah. guys. Sorry, Anna. 
we have to talk about sour candy, and you're going to stay on mic for this one. Uh, Hustling! Oh, Sowie candy. Sowie candies. Uh, so there is a story on, I think, the takeout that uh, you can currently buy 90 Airheads for $7. They're just always doing ads on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, a good deal. I mean... I love Airheads. I haven't had one in, you know, probably in 16 years. That's one of those candies that tastes so good that it would, like, make my jaw hurt from, like, the, like just the, chewing the salivation or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. you mean just your the jaw joints being overworked? Yeah, yeah. I remember what an Airhead looks like, but I'm trying to remember how you eat an Airhead. It was just like a big, it was like a strip. But is it like a... chew on. You chew on it. Just take okay. a bite yeah. off of that thing. Chewy. I couldn't remember if it was like a big lollipop or if Yeah, was... no, no. Just a flap of choo-choo. And flap a choo choo, yeah, flap a choo choo. Uh, and I remember the white mystery flavor was my favorite one, which I think was just cherry Ooh. or like white cherry or something, but they called it mystery. Then yeah. there was blue raspberry, and I'm trying to remember what else they sold in like the candy store in my great high. Purple was great, there's always purple, great. the one of the worst flavors. I think just in general, fake grape. I loved grape. it. You like fake? Do you like fake grape in general as a flavor? No, not anymore. But as a kid, airhead. though, I loved the fake grape, grape flavor, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up and trick-or-treating, I always felt like I was getting ripped off with anything that wasn't chocolate unless it was a blow pop. I think blow pops were also well, like up there. Because there was at least chewing gum right. that your parents wouldn't let you normally have. It was a multiple course meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I, yeah, for me, Starburst, I was like, miss me with that shit. Like, right. where's the fucking... Even though I love Starburst. I love Starburst, don't get me wrong, but the excitement when I'm ranking, like when I see what's going into the satchel that I'm carrying around, uh, when I trick-or-treat to this day as a 35-year-old man, right? Um, I really <laughs> love to have the chocolate. Right. You know, the list, there's been lists. A lot of people have been putting out lists. This is a thing people love to do every year around this time, ranking the best or the worst Halloween candies uh, candystore.com on their blog uh, set off a list that a lot of people had takes on on the best and the worst. I would just like to start off with the worst because I think I agree with many of these. The Necco first wafers. one, candy corn. I do not like candy corn. I'm I, fucking I used done. to really fuck with candy corn when I was Ugh. a kid. Because my sister's like, favorite food, which I Her find, favorite just food in general. Her favorite food right. is candy corn, and it makes me like not really trust her as a Person. It's weird. What, what's your experience as you eat candy corn? You're like, do you? I do the thing, and I'm sure I've said this over and over again, where I think somehow this will be the year it tastes different to me. Right. And it's not. I gave up on it like when I was 10. That's good. Good for you. You're yeah. smarter than me. Number two, circus peanuts. I mean, do people still give out circus what? peanuts? I don't know, man. That's a candy? The, yeah, the, a they're orange one. marshmallows that are peanut shaped, and they. Oh, those good. are. S oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought those were packing peanuts. <laughs> I've been so I've been eating those. <laughs> no, I I just never knew they were. That the, yeah, the, those like fake ass like orange. It's like aren't they like orange and pink or whatever? Like they're mixed up yeah. in the bag. Oh wow, yeah, I, I've never even tried. It. You, I had no idea. Do you existed. put those in your packages? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, oh, number boy. three, peanut peanut butter kisses. Yo, hold on, a Reese's peanut butter cup, but. Re given rebirth as a Hershey's kiss, I would fuck with that. That sounds amazing. That's fine. Who the fuck? I think you know I, what? I think Reese's was always like my ultimate, especially if they if you got one of the pumpkins or like one of the ones that's actually oh, like shaped right. something yeah. like okay, that, money bags. Wow. Didn't have that in my town. Yeah, that was that was next level. Was uh, number deal. four, wax Coke bottles. Could not agree more. <laughs> like what the who? Those wax candies. The wax I, candies like. 
in my mind, like they sucked and I never enjoyed them, but like they give me such a specific sensory memory of like childhood because maybe yeah. just because I haven't fucked with them since I was like, like are the lips, like yeah, wax the lips, lips, the wax lips, yeah, terrible. I feel like the sensory memory is like a stomachache, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Necco wafers, obviously, we're anti Necco, or I'm anti Necco wafer. Sorry, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Nah, I don't fuck with Tootsie Rolls. I mean, I don't think it deserves worse. Like, I feel like, look, you know. I think it does because it's such a serial offender. People think they can get away with chocolate. With the Tootsie Roll? With a Tootsie Roll. Right, and it's right. like, that's not chocolate. That's right. chocolate-flavored candy. Or exactly. that's chocolate-flavored gum. It's like when you're, you know, cutting cocaine with other fillers. You're I actually like, Hold prefer on, bro. This ain't the real fruity uh, Tootsie Rolls than I over uh, chocolate Tootsie Rolls, personally. Oh, yeah, okay. aren't we? Because they're cultured. like Starbucks. Number Star- seven, Smarties. <gasps> okay. I like Smarties. Now here she is. Wait, what? I like Smarties. They're on the worst list. Look, that's we're we're not saying this is based on any kind of fact or we should respect these opinions because I like a Smartie. I fucking ride or die by Smarties. I mean, that was the first thing I learned about you was you I were the Smartie lady. Love yeah, Smarties. yeah. You just rolled in. I used everybody. to go to Iran with so many Smarties that my family members and. Children or people who are now my age, because we all grew up as that works. Uh, uh, in, in linear When time. I would see them as children, I would give out so many Smarties in Iran that when I come back and visit as I get older, they still be like, you got the Smarties? And I'd be uh, like, no, I have to quit sorry. sugar because age doesn't do well. Yeah. But damn, Smarties are the best. I just that, like for the my way- family, it's... Uh, me being into sharks. Do you have that thing that you what? were that you're like known to your cousins as? Oh, uh, yeah. My uncle, uh, they would always call me Brazilian. <laughs> you're really into Brazil? Look, no, because in the 98 World Cup, oh. I, would, I, would, I would usually be in Japan in the summer. when I, Whenever I wasn't in school, I was basically in Japan. So when World Cups would come around, I was in Japan. And that year, uh, you know, it was the emergence of Ronaldo R9, the great uh, striker. And ultimately, France won that World Cup, as we all know. Uh, Zinedine Zidane with an MVP performance. Uh, but yeah, I was so obsessed with this Brazil team that they were like, "Oh, it's the Brazilian." It wasn't. It wasn't a you know. Normally, Japanese people do like to other half Japanese people, but it wasn't that. It was my devotion to the Brazilian national team, um, and that actually sub- subsequently set off an intense obsession with Brazilian culture. Nice. Love the music. Love the food. Yeah. And there's a certain jinga, you know, yeah. as they say, magic to it. There's worse countries. To be um, and then look, with. just to round out the ten, licorice, good and plenty, and bit of honey. What? Bit of honey. What are those? Fuck that. I've heard of licorice. <laughs> I heard of licorice. <laughs> good and plenty are just like they're like licorice. Aren't also, they the, the in a pink box. and white ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pink and white licorice flavored, uh, like pill pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then bit of honeys are just chewy with with a little bit of I don't know. That's very uninteresting. Okay, now let's get in what they are saying are the tops. Number one, Reese's peanut butter cup. Hell yeah. Yes. Okay. Smarties. Number two, Snickies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll put that up there. Would you throw your Snickers into the freezer right away or were you a kid who No, would... I would just leave it. Did your parents let you around. eat all your shit that night? No. No. Oh man. I mean but when I, I was so. a kid, no. But I had to fucking I would my mom would put hide put that shit above the refrigerator. Yeah. And in the middle of the night I would wake up, get the step stool and fucking <laughs> take that like just take a handful out. But I didn't have a garbage can in my room like when I was 6. So right. like I would have it like in my pockets and shit. My right. mom would like be like, "What the fuck were you doing, fool?" Like you're just like dropping it out of your pant leg like Andy Dufresne out yeah. of the prison yard. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I slowly dig my way out. Um number 3, Twix. Yeah, Twix okay. is good. Not Are you a, a fan? 
Oh. No? No. Is it uh, b- between left Twix or right Twix or just in general? Twix? <laughs> I just don't like a Twix. Really? Yeah. What is it about it? The caramel? It's not good chocolate. It's mm. not oh, good caramel. Wow. And then it's that like tasteless wafer thing in the middle. Fantastic. Wow. So everything has to be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's like a, well, you have like a bare minimum uh, a standard. Okay. Uh, number four, Kit Kat. I love Kit Kat. I like a white chocolate Kit Kat. Ooh. Oh, okay. If you had the green tea Kit Kat. I Ever been to Japan? Yeah. Ever known oh. anybody who's <laughs> taken a trip to Japan? <laughs> the matcha? That's yeah. good. Mm. Yeah. What was that one? I br- Didn't I bring some shit back when I went to Japan? The banana ones. It, yeah, I would definitely. Oh, yeah. I brought banana Kit Kats oh. back from Japan. No, they're really good. Interesting. Really good. I know you, it sounds disgusting because normally fake banana yeah. shit is not the wave. Wait, was <laughs> Kit Kat the one that was like, give me a break? Give me a break. Break me yeah. off a piece of that Snickers bar. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Christ. Man, we we're both. Way too Snickers? much time together. We're, we did the same <laughs> stupid <laughs> ass punchline. Terrible joke. Um, number five. <laughs> M&M's. Yeah. Peanut yeah. M&M's. Peanut only. Yeah. With the peanut. Oh, peanut, not peanut butter. Peanut. Have you ever had the coconut M&M's? No. No, oh, those are no. kind of good. And the pretzel M&M's. Mm, I pretzel, was. Yes. I was saying they needed to make pretzel M&M's before they made them, and now I've been disappointed in what they came up with Really, ever since. Yeah. I got them because I feel like Rex Ryan, the football coach, was addicted to them, and yeah. there was a story about that, and I was like, I got to try these, man, because my boy Rex, I think he knows how to snack. The peanuts, I, th- I feel like, are the only candy that I could eat forever like, like an endless loop yeah, yeah Reese's Pieces I feel like that too I remember I read an article once it was like a peanut M&M is a perfect snack because it's got sugar and protein and it's talking about like eating six peanut M&M's right, right. and I'm like peanut cool M&Ms. Like, as get, a meal? A, get a king size bag and there's, right. there's right. your lunch Holy right shit. have six <laughs> yeah. and move on with your day has anybody ever eaten six peanut M&M's Absolutely only not. Like, the only mm. time is when there were only six peanut M&Ms left in the bag. There right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I had to stop eating them because I was so addicted to them. You were? Really? Yeah, I would always, every time I would go like to a gas station, I'd always get a bag of peanut M&Ms. Yo, it's not, I mean, that's not a joke. Like they yeah. specifically engineer this shit. Would you ever yeah. do the move where you don't chew them, you let the candy shell dissolve in your mouth <sighs> Honey, and then do that? <laughs> yeah. Don't know, I put it in my ears. Oh, my wow. Butt. I used to do Everywhere. that a lot, but I kind of <laughs> like, like the crunch, like the... Yeah. I think they've. I think it's a mixture. Yeah, it's got the the right. Uh, you know what I've also balance got? of it all. Hit it with a hammer, opened it up like a baby. I've been like, my baby's born. I've done, I, <laughs> Wait, you'd hit a baby with a hammer? That's no, not how babies are crack. You would crack open the <laughs> like peanut, a baby, you know. the peanut M M&M and M, and like birth the peanut out of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> as Leah pointed out, that's not how babies are born. Well, it's how like a Maybe dinosaur baby is born. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene in Jurassic Park where like that robot yeah, arm yeah. is like slowly taking yes, the show Yes, yeah, up. that's exactly it. And B.D. Wong is, yeah. well, we engineer all of them to be females in Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, number seven, or number six, nerds. You nerds know what? good. This is actually one of the bullshit, like just sugars, candies that I like. Yeah, Because you could just put a mouthful in. And let your teeth rot away. They all dissolve. Yeah, yeah. It's got a nice mouthfeel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All about the mouthfeel. Great mouthfeel. Number seven, Butterfinger, of course. Oh, hell yeah. Butterfinger would be higher on my list for sure. But what would you knock down Uh, of the Chacos? I'm trying to think. Probably uh, Twix. Okay. I I would just flip-flop those. Uh, Number eight, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. I like Sour Patch Kids. A lot of people... Uh, on this sour candy taxonomy that uh, Marnie Schur did on the takeout, 
uh, she was saying that the Sour Patch Kids are like she she only fucks with the uh, Sour Patch watermelon. But I actually oh, so many people love Sour that's Patch just watermelon. A, is that a whole candy or that's just a flavor within the pack? No, no, that's the whole candy. They're like water. They, oh, they look like watermelons. little watermelons. Yeah, but I I actually fuck with the the kids themselves. I was put off by. Mm. All right, sorry. Loop that. Uh, <laughs> actually, oh boy. I was put off by watermelon candy the from the jump from the jump um, when I had a Jolly Ranchers watermelon flavor. That shit just tasted like petroleum and sugar, like the fake watermelon flavor in a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, the, like no, light sure. pink ones. Yeah, like oh. they were confusing to my mouth. I was like, this tastes so fucking weird and caustic. It's like your cilantro or whatever it is that people. <laughs> yeah, they're like, here, try this. Is this good or bad? <laughs> now I know what your genetic type is. Uh, number nine, Skittles. Mm. I don't like Skittles. I like the ones. What's the one in the blue pack? That's the, the tropical one. Tropical. Yeah, oh, I, I like those. I like a OG bit more. Skittles. You do? Yeah. Mm. Would you, again, another eating tactic, would you dump the bag and then divide and conquer? I, it changes every time. Every time. Sometimes you just dip in, see what yeah. you get. Yeah. Other times you segregate them se- separate but equally. But when I don't eat them like by color, I feel like a slob. Wow. I'm just like putting it what? all in my mouth. Like Do you a, eat them one color at a time or are you like making I go smoothies? one color at a time usually. Oh. Wow. Huh. Uh, Interesting. By the way, the French, the Marnichur, uh, in in this article nice piece of information the french refer to sour patch kids as very bad kids <laughs> which i think is a good name um and the number 10 is the hershey bar tried and true straight mm. out of hershey pa yeah all the so cookies no and crunch cream. bar on there no uh crunch uh yeah. crackle you yeah. know like when you get that mix pack uh, with the hershey stuff mr good bar no payday hershey's payday. payday hershey's dark yeah you know what i mean yeah. i love the the dark chocolate I didn't realize how much I liked that one. I feel like I would put Hershey's as like number two after Reese's. Wow. Really? Yeah. Like just so a regular you are all bar? about the quality of the chocolate, it sounds like, Leah. I am. What's yeah. the best? Okay, let's let's say you lived in a world where everyone was wealthy and they could import a chocolate from anywhere and that's what they handed out. What would be a the chocolate that would bring you the most joy to be handed out, regardless of what's normal for Halloween? Like a 75% dark with sea salt. Holy shit. Okay. Refined. Straight armor. up. <laughs> Thank you for that. Wow. I just had recently a Hungarian chocolate that has paprika in it. Ooh. And it's fucking good. It's a dark good. it's a dark chocolate with a little bit of bite. Yeah. You know, shout out to Hung- Hungary. Good job, Hungary. Yeah. European chocolate, like I feel like the oh, Cadbury, like, like they actually put milk in their milk chocolate. Yeah, which... I love like Aero Bar, um Kinder Bueno. Right. You know, with the little hippopotamus. <gasps> Kinder. Oh, the kid the but the Bueno. Kinder. Love the Kinder Bueno. Mm. Shout out to Cadbury. Bueno. Shout out all chocolates around the world. That's my that's my stance. Except Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls are not chocolate. You know what I mean? Wait, yeah. what is a Tootsie Roll then? It's what crack is to cocaine. Is it? Yeah, man. They're fucking around. Like you so start off with chocolate, fuck with the and then they stomp on it and make it right. some a whole other product. Toblerone. Oh, I love Toblerone. Oh, wow. wow. Haven't we been to Europe or on an airplane? <laughs> Tootsie Roll, my, they call it... <laughs> When you look at the Wikipedia article for Tootsie Roll, it says, Tootsie Roll is a mildly chocolate-flavored taffy-like candy. Yeah. Oh, it's taffy. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Mm. I guess well, that's what all those are, right? Taffy-like. Yeah. yeah. I don't fuck with taffy, period, except for Starburst. 
Uh, Cadbury Flake. You ever have that? Yep, had a flake. Yep, love a flake. I don't think I've had a flake. Oh, uh, you wow. You got the flake. You simply must. Flake gang. I'm excited. Okay, Jeff Flake. All For all the Jeff Flake fans out there. Arizona Senator. Former. Uh, anybody fuck with mounds? Almond Joy? Almond Joy has nuts. That's, mounds don't. That's what she said. Anybody um, fuck with mounds? <laughs> Anybody fuck with mounds? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'll uh-huh. fuck with mounds then in that case. If it <laughs> yeah, means I'm cool. Hey, up? is that a good thing? <laughs> then yes. Uh, that's the one that has coconut. J- coconut. And yeah. then like, a payday. like overpoweringly coconut. Yeah, I don't mind that one. The only difference with Almond Joy is what it has an almond on top of the yes. fucking coconut. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fundamentally change much. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't like it, you could just be like, I'll take this one almond piece off the top Those of the Those are my, my favorite ads for candy is where they show you what's inside the chocolate and then they pour the chocolate over and be like, yeah. look at it moldly, perfectly right. molding over the right. chocolate. Oh, I love that shit. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Um, enjoy enjoy it. They were really just all about telling you what specifically is in there. They're just like, um, enjoys have nuts. Mounds don't. That's what jingles are. That's your jingle, bro? That's exactly what jingles are for. They're just telling you what it is in a fun way for you to be like, that's stuck in my head, so I'll think about it forever. There was some... You know there's actually 14 verses to that jingle? Is there? No. (laughs) (laughs) And the fifth and sixth ones, super racist. Yeah, they were really popular. They're from back in the... uh, a lot of the Antibellum. a lot of the word use of Oriental in there. very <laughs> eesh. I'm sorry. Uh, what? <laughs> wait, I think Weird Al wrote this. Oh boy, really? No, no. Or is there? Because I'm on lyrics. This is gonna free. take the next day for us to uh, fact check. Yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, Leah, it's been a pleasure <laughs> having you. Great first time guest. Uh, where can people find you? Follow you? Engage with you. Engage with supports you. you. Yeah. So the app is spendwellapp.com. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, I'm Leah Rappaport on Twitter and Instagram. You will mostly see pictures of my nieces and nephew. If, oh. if that's what you're into. <laughs> Actually, if that's what you're into, please don't yeah, follow yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's just uh <laughs> more make with the nephew pics. Yeah, but wow. spendwellapp.com we're releasing in November. So get on our mailing list and we'll let you know when you can sign up. Yeah, it sounds like such a great way to proportionately give whatever you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and feel good. So oh, then yeah. you can, uh, you know, buy Shell gasoline. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, there is. This is uh, country music, colon. I'm going to live and die in my hometown. Happy face. Pop punk music, colon. I'm going to live and die in my hometown. Sad face. There it is. <laughs> That's at Joey Goldger. Goldger. Wrote that. G-L-L-G-H-R. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's how I'd pronounce yeah. it. Golger. Yeah. Golger. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Golger. Golger. Sounds Golger. like a yogurt treat. Uh, yogurt. Miles, where can people find you? Find me. Follow me. Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray. Now, a tweet. Actually, not even a tweet. It was it came to me in the form of an Instagram direct message from the user, Dale Collins331. You sent me. A uh, <laughs> a meme from something that's called the Batuta Advocate, uh, which I feel is like a sort of onion style account, and it says sneakerhead coworker surprises office by revealing he's also a massive Wu Tang fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's too oh, true. Also, if you're in the Chicago area, October 16th at 7 p.m. at the Hungry Brain. 
you can experience firsthand the power, the magic, the majesty of Ethnically Ambiguous, the podcast that's hosted by our very own Anna Hosnier and Shireen Younes. Uh, pull up. Have a good time. It's going to be a good time. Do it. And get your tickets at ChicagoPodcastFestival.com. A tweet I've been enjoying. Let's see. Not just a bad day of Twitter, guys. Sorry. Try harder next time. Wow. Uh, no, Sarah Beatty tweeted, when I die, I want to be buried in a place that floods a lot so my corpse can still go on adventures. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to be? today this is a track from avalino okay this is more you know the top boy soundtrack has still been infiltrating my mind uh and this track is called belly of the beast uh the production is really dope um and i like his lyricism so check out avalino belly of the beast um and if you haven't seen top boy on netflix and you like uh uk gang thug shit check it out because it's actually pretty well done and the soundtrack again is amazing all right, we're going to ride into the week on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast, and we'll talk to you guys then. Okay, bye-bye. I don't give a fuck what your name is. If I do you something, then I'm stupid. Do me something, then you're famous. Running out of luck yeah. in my trainers. Yeah. Trying to get paid, give a fuck about pagan. Yeah. Do this for the money, man. I do this for the dough. I'm in the safari, man. I'm shooting off the chrome. Trying to get my coke, so I'm never home alone. I'ma run the game, cause I'm running out of dough. Someone give me something I could take for all this pain. Fighting for my freedom, got me trapping in the rain.